If you or someone you know is feeling suicidal, please call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. Know that you are not alone. Help is out there. Hey guys, it's Amber. I have some great news. I have been nominated for Blogger of the Year at the MH Blog Awards. If you would like to vote for me and help me win that trophy, you can go to www.mhblogawards.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click on online voting. And again, I am in the Blogger of the Year category, Amber at the Winter of My Discontent. Hey everybody, this is Amber with the Winter of My Discontent. Welcome to the fifth episode. We are glad to have you here today. The Winter of My Discontent started out as a blog about living with ADHD and mental illness. Um, to find all the latest blog posts and the most recent podcast episodes, you can go to thewinterofmydiscontent.com. I'm joined today by Doreen. Doreen, hello. Hello, Amber. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Right. Amber, I brought a friend with me today. Yay, I love friends. So today we are going to be introducing our very first guest, and he is an old friend of mine um, in length of relationship time, not in actual age. I don't <laughs> want to make him sound like an old man. Um, my friend Brian Wessels uh, is a wonderful guy. He has a master's in marriage and family therapy. He knows all about us crazy people. Um, <laughs> he currently works for a national organization that provides assistance to um, tribal nations and tribal citizens um, as far as indigenous peoples. And also, um, I knew him from working with a local uh, a local convention. I can't speak today. Um, and in that time, Brian and I worked together for about a decade, and he was always an advocate of the marginalized. He always went out of his way to seek out us weird kids that needed a little bit of extra help in um, making friends and having a good time. So, Brian, welcome to the winter of my discontent. Welcome. Wow, that was a mouthful. I I, I can't believe you only stumbled once. That, that's, that I, was impressive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We are very glad to have you here. We're super excited. I'm, I'm pretty excited too. This this is uh this will be a, a lot of fun today. Yeah, it will. All right. So, Brian, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, let's see. So we we are this is a blog about mental issues and and, and ADHD. And so I, I guess I should start by talking about my own. Uh, personal history with mental illness and my own personal diagnosis that I have. I uh, so I am. Let's see. I'm someone who I have been diagnosed with uh, bipolar two, with uh, major depressive disorder, as well as persistent suicidal ideations. Okay. Could I ask a question? Yes. Um, how do they? classify it as persistent versus um intermittent i guess would be the opposite yes um i no matter so like with with uh depression or or bipolar disorder uh you know you have cycles and phases so you have times mm -hmm. where you're 
very, very depressed or not very depressed or manic. Um, the one thing that goes on with me is that there is always a part of my brain that just wants to end my life. Um, I do not, I do not go a day period without it's having times where I'm planning to kill myself. I'm thinking about ways to kill myself. Uh, and, and it's, it's, um, no, I'm saying I'm a lot. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's something that that I I mean I I just part of who I am. It, it, yeah. It, it is a part of me. It it is. I, I will not say that it, it it is me, but it's definitely something that is part of what makes me me today. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are of course some days that are way easier than others, and there's tastes that are way harder than others. Absolutely. 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 And you never get to pick which is which. No. I, um, I have persistent depressive disorder and I always say that instead of depression being a glitch in my system, depression is my operating system. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not a symptom. It's just what it is. Right. It's, it's kind of always there like a a hum in the background. (laughs) I have never had active suicidal ideation, but I have often had passive. Um, and for our listeners, that the difference would be um, active being you're making plans, you can, you're figuring out how to do it, you're making, you're going to do it. Um, whereas passive is more, well, if I stopped existing, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal. So both very dangerous, but I am just aghast for you guys that have uh, persistent um and active suicidal ideation that has to be hard with that going through your head all the time yeah absolutely i um i have experience with um being suicidal and then also i have some experience with intrusive thoughts that are about suicide um not necessarily how i feel at the time but i um one of my reoccurring intrusive thoughts is I just see myself slitting my wrists over and over and over in my head, um, which is a lot to deal with. <laughs> it has to be disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, um, yeah, it's a difficult subject. And I guess we should have started off by saying yeah. that we're going to have some difficult subjects you know, today. We're... We will um, we'll retcon this and we'll just create a trigger warning right to to put it right at the beginning <laughs> yeah we'll don't do worry that. listeners we got you covered we love you yes yes and so um, oh, um go ahead, just um, so Amber. everybody knows the um phone number for the suicide prevention line will be at the top of the show and in the show notes yes um brian would it be okay if i shared a little bit about our history as it pertains to this subject uh absolutely Okay, Um, I'm just going to give the highlights. (laughs) We don't need to get into the details. Um, But Brian and I, as I had said, we worked together at a local convention for a really long time. Um, And we we worked in the gaming area. And Brian ran a section that was 24 hours. And he was a badass. He did it the best of anybody I've ever seen. Um, But the last convention that both of us worked, uh, I was, we were working at one of the hotels. Um, and I was told by one of Brian's staff that Brian was having a bad time and that they were concerned about 
um, his well-being. So we went and found Brian and Brian seemed okay. But then uh, that same person came back to me and said that Brian had actually attempted. I did not check that with Brian. And in hindsight, I wish I had. But um, I made the call at that time that I wasn't going to play. And I, um, I love Brian a lot. And I, of course, I did then. So I called um, our medical staff, the convention's medical staff, and they made the decision with the hotel to call the police, which in turn was not, in our opinion, the best thing to happen to someone who is in the middle of a suicidal crisis. Yeah. Um... I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts about calling the police when someone is in a suicidal crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, a lot more to that story. It did not, uh, it definitely did not end at that day. It went on for Brian and I for quite a while, longer with Brian, of course, but um, it, it eventually ended with both of us leaving the convention. Um, so... <laughs> um... I'm going to, I'm going to follow up by, by kind of giving some, some, uh, filler or backstory to this. Uh, and just so that everyone, our lovely listeners can, can know exactly what, what, what is going on in my brain, especially during these times. Uh, so back in this event took, this happened in 2018, but if we backtrack all the way to 2011 of my life, uh, I, um, was to the point where I was going to be hanging myself on school property at the university that I was attending at the time. Uh, and if it wasn't for the fact that my mom had talked to me on the phone while I was in the process of doing it and driven to the school and taken me to a place, I definitely do not think that I would be here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I spent time in an inpatient facility. I learned a little bit then. And just the one, one of the things that I find that was the best part of that was just being so removed from every stimulus in my life that was causing me. That, well, my brain was causing me to do it, but they were factors for sure as to why I was getting to the point that I was at. at. Uh, and I will, I would no matter how bad I've ever felt for situations that have happened to me and how bad my brain has treated me, I will never want to change the things that have happened. Yeah. I have learned, especially then I've learned more about myself and Mm -hmm. learned more about who I can be and who I want to be because of those bad moments than I have from any of the good ones that I've had. Absolutely. I agree with you. You are preaching. Yes. And so I spent after that, uh, two and a half years seeing someone. I was on medication for a while. Uh, unfortunately, that medication messed with a lot of things, and I ended up almost failing out of school because I couldn't remember anything. But I, hmm. but I passed. <laughs> uh, Yay! And, uh, the but during that time, I I really got to learn how my brain works, and and because I had therap like actual therapists who cared about my well being and about teaching me how things work, recognizing the trigger warnings, recognizing just the symptoms themselves. Uh, it really allowed me to help with, with that. Uh, and so if we jump to 2018, I have now have a much bigger understanding of how my brain works, a bigger understanding of how these suicidal desires that I have operate. Uh, and so 
we get to this point where I am not having a good time. One, I'm already in a pretty depressed state. And two, things are just one of those, it's one of those things where when things, when one thing goes wrong, literally everything that's possible can go wrong. Uh, and at one point in time, I'm on the seventh floor of the building waiting for the elevator. And all of the sudden, I have this overwhelming desire to jump. Oh, that I, I don't think... know how to say this in French because I don't speak French, but that is called the call of the void. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say that in French either. And actually. it's totally normal. Everybody yeah, gets it. It is, a, it is a thing. Like I, and, and I have overwhelming desires to do act different, like driving a car into through a red light into traffic, mm -hmm. um, you know, like just yeah taking like there there are just moments where i have just these I, overwhelming desire my I, my 30th birthday i'm in disney world watching the freaking fireworks show and all of all i want to do is is end my life oh i'm in disney world right and like yeah and, uh and so at this point like all i like all I, I had this overwhelming desire to jump but again i've i've had years of therapy i was a practicing therapist at this time and so my reaction to that desire was I no longer cared about waiting for the elevator and I took the stairs and I mm -hmm. walked seven flights of stairs down because I just was like, not going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and good for you. Yeah. And then uh, the telephone game happened and I told one person, Hey, this is this is something that's going on with me and then they told another person who told another person and of course the story changed and so when it reached Doreen what had really happened was no longer what had really happened mm -hmm. right and that's how things kind of got really taken out of the situation yeah. and and yeah. I will say that there are definitely times where a uh, police involvement is is definitely recommended Mm -hmm. uh, I, oh, absolutely. I, I have a friend who at one time we had to drive to the the Nashville bridge because one of this friend's co-workers had called this friend to say hey I'm about to jump into the river and kill myself mm -hmm. and while we were there talking it got to the point where it was like there is literally nothing that we can do at this point in time to stop him and we called the police because that was right what we needed to do right um, and, I, and I do not regret at that moment because that was one of those where yes he's uh, told us he's doing it and we're gonna make sure he does it <laughs> I feel like this is a really great time to bring up the national 988 number. I don't know if you and Doreen know about it. Um, I am really not sure how many carriers it's been rolled out to. I know at least one or two rolled it out early. So check with your cell phone provider if you're listening. And um, that is a number that you can call in lieu of 911 for help. That is awesome. Yeah. That is really awesome. And I really wish we'd had that in 2018 when everything happened with Brian. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I believe you get connected to the, the suicide prevention line. I'm not positive, but I believe that's what happens when you call that number. So, right. And I think everyone listening can tell, obviously, um, Brian and I, of course, are not really 
pleased with the outcome of the situation that happened. Um, and uh, a lot of things went wrong. And we, I personally made some bad decisions. Everybody involved made some bad decisions, really. Um, but I think it's important to talk about it because um, how do we avoid it in the future? How can we help someone without necessarily calling the cops? Um, and Brian, I think you would be a great person. In fact, I know we've talked about this recently on Facebook. In fact, um, how do we help someone that's suicidal? Mm -hmm. uh, so I will start by one saying that these are just ideas and suggestions to come up with. Some that just work personally for me, some that have worked for others. Oh, absolutely. This is I not will, medical advice. <laughs> I will not say that this is medical advice. I will also not say that this is the end all be all. Uh, mm -hmm. I also will say that every single person is different. And so yeah. what, what works in this list may work for you. If it doesn't, then it just doesn't work for you. And do not lose hope. Uh, right. <laughs> do not think that you are one of the, the oddballs, because if you are one of the oddballs, I want to hang out with you anyway. Uh, <laughs> the weird ones are more fun. Um, it's very true. And uh, so there are a lot of times where uh, there have been things that have just been very, very helpful for, to me. I had a friend who, for the longest time when I was going through an incredible depression and was very much coming up with wanting to end my life and planning it out due to life circumstance, who just made sure that I came over to his house once a week and just spent the night mm -hmm. and then we would spent like it was it was literally just a hey every every friday you're coming over and you're spending the night every friday and we're going to hang out mm -hmm. every saturday and he mm -hmm. did that with me for probably seven months uh where it, and we never talked about any of the things going on in my life we just hung out mm -hmm. uh, but it was that persistence of we're going to spend time together I, and and I, I honestly think retroactively there was a part of him who definitely was trying to make sure that i was okay and wanting to, because I think he could see what I was going through at the time, because this was before I even knew, because this was before my my uh, last official attempt uh, is what I'm going to call it. I, I actually have um, definitely attempted several times throughout my life, but that was my last big one mm -hmm. uh, back in 2011. Uh, and then just, yeah, just having people who, who just care. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I agree with that completely. I, when I also was going through a time where I was actively suicidal, um, my depression at the time was so severe and I was just tired of living in excruciating emotional pain all the time. And so the thing that got me through and the reason the people who take credit for me surviving that were my roommates who at the time did not give up on me. And just like you said, we just hung out. They made me laugh during a time when I didn't think I could and, you know, encouraged me to go places and to not just lay in the bed all day. And, and if it weren't for them, I don't know what would have happened to me during that time. And I think it's especially hard for someone that is not familiar with uh, mental health issues like we are mm -hmm. to see someone that is just laying in bed and depressed and all of mm -hmm. us would be like oh man they're depressed you know I should help them with their depression whereas and I'm not saying that this is uh, a lot of people but I know that there are some typicals that see that happening and say well just get up 
and they don't really have a lot of sympathy there. I think a lot of people think that tough love is the way to go. And sometimes tough love works, but I think it depends on the situation. And I think it depends on the person that you're dealing with. There's, there is a, there is a big difference between going up to someone who is, you can tell is definitely going through something and just being like, stop it or get out of bed and do work. Uh, clean clean the room and coming in and going put on your shoes we're going bowling yeah yeah right 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 i'm not giving you a chore i'm giving you something Mm -hmm. that you actually are going to enjoy Mm -hmm. Uh, put put just the and 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 it's the that that type of tough love is really good too because it's showing the persistence and the fact that the other individual is saying I am taking time out of my day to focus on spending time with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've uh, we've done that as well, and it meant a lot to that person too. We um, we actually stopped a friend who was going through a bad time and just said, "We're going to Chattanooga today," which was a couple of hours away, and we just went and did nothing. And just had all day. yeah, yeah, just had a day. And sometimes, man, that is exactly what you need. Exactly what you need. I um. I had a period of time where I got so, you know, I think it's important to note that uh, for me anyway, when I was going through a period of time where I was actively suicidal, I was regularly grasping for reasons to stay. Um, And often as trivial as this sounds, um, often I had a little dog at the time who I loved with all of my heart. And I would always just think if you left, she wouldn't understand if you left who would take care of her, you know? And that was always my thing. But I eventually got to a point where I called each of my parents who hate each other. (laughs) Like they do not speak unless they have to. So I called them each separately and said, I need help or I'm really going to hurt myself. I can't, I'm losing control. You know, I'm just, I don't have control over the situation. And they were able to, thankfully they were able to get well, they tried to get me some help. It was not good help, but they tried their best. They made an effort. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Brian, do you find that there's any way to speak to someone that's suicidal, um, maybe about getting help that is a little easier for them to take? Because as we talked about prior to the show, um, sometimes it's all about the way you approach it. Yeah. So do you have any suggestions? Um. Yes, and I'm trying to. There's actually uh, several different trainings that people can just do. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called, if I remember, it's called Assist, uh, and I highly recommend looking it up. Uh, and we can add to it to the show with, notes. Um, mm-hmm. What to do when when you can when someone is to the point where they are are suicidal? Uh, it's something. It's it's actually a training that I recommend uh, anyone that works with, uh, like like teachers or or like just anyone that works with people specifically young people i think it's a very good training to take uh because it definitely talks about uh just one getting them to admit the fact that they are having these thoughts uh and then and there and there's a big difference between thinking about suicide and planning suicide and committing to suicide uh, and, and that's definitely something that I've had to learn the difference of because of how often I have desires to 
want to end my life mm -hmm. and how often I have thoughts about ways that I can end my life, being able to go, being able to go, Ooh, I'm thinking about suicide right now. And uh, that is it, Doreen. Uh, for those of you not watching, she sent me a link. That is the correct one. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and just being able to, to recognize that, get him to recognize where they are in their, I'm going to say suicidal process, but I don't know if I like that as the, yeah. the way to describe it. Uh, and, <laughs> right, right. And then uh, getting the, the, another just way is just getting them to think of something as to any reason at all for why to be here. Like you were talking about your pet. Yes. And just, and it, and it, it could literally be anything. Mm-hmm anything yeah. at all like there's some famous person have... that you love and want to get their autograph from well, let's talk about how we're going to do that just mm -hmm. uh right in my experience for a long time it was stephen king's dark tower series that kept me going oh yeah um, <laughs> i had to know the, how it ended after the events of 2018 if you want to know this is just a fun little thing that i'm gonna throw in there after after the events of 2018 that uh happened uh the thing that honestly kept me going and and i will 100 percent say that it it saved my life during that time period because it was a big struggle uh was pokemon go yeah and it's amazing <laughs> it's I amazing the things that help you get through and i i really just feel like we as humans will will cling to whatever we can find like a life raft you know, like as though we were drowning and it was, and we needed a raft. So, um, yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I like really got into Pokemon Go super hardcore during that time. <laughs> it was just, uh, at one point in time, I think my, my wife was even telling me to stop playing. And I was like, if I stop playing, I'm going to think about things that I shouldn't think about. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that that's is, a tough situation, but yeah, um, a big thing that people who have those thoughts and those feelings, and and this is something that uh, I I really kind of blame our world or even our legal system is the fact that they're it they almost make it to where bringing up those thoughts and feelings, especially to people in government or teachers or whatever, um, or even your therapist. You're, you're almost afraid to because you think, oh, no, they're going to put me in an inpatient facility or, oh, no, they're going right. to you know, call the police. And uh, I, I, I'm actually very much upset with the way in which we've – the pendulum has swung the other way from everyone very much ignoring it to overly um, – I don't even know what the word is for this, but overly just kind of – being scared of it maybe yeah um yeah and, and we I are like hypersensitive to it right now uh very yeah we are high that is a good way to describe hypersensitivity we are hypersensitive to it right now and and i think that our there would be a a, um, a lot less actual attempts if people who f have thoughts and desires and even plans could very much more openly talk with people about those things mm -hmm. uh than than what we're doing now mm -hmm. um, i mean i agree the, the 
like I, I mean, my wife is a rock star. She, she's definitely been an emotional and mental rock for me in my life. And uh, when I have times where things are too much, I look at her and I go, I cannot stop thinking about it right now. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of things in place to make sure that I am safe. That's great. Um, that is really great. I, and that, that is a big thing that people who have those thoughts and, and desire, like know that it is okay that you are feeling this way, mm-hmm. but also know that it is good to plan what happens when you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, one of my life mottos that I have is it is okay to not be okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I learned that from, uh, 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 take the, take this.org is, mm-hmm. is where I learned it from. It is, uh, they are a, a group of people who were game developers and one of their employees actually took his life. And oh. so the idea of take this.org comes from the legend of Zelda where the, at the very beginning of the game, the guy goes, it's dangerous to go alone, take this. Mm-hmm. And so they go around and they have therapists and they allow people to tell their stories on their website. And then they also go to conventions and they have what's called an AFK room. And it that's is a, a room great idea where people can get away from the convention and just the extremes that happen at conventions. Uh, if they need to just be in a quiet place, they can, if they need someone to talk to, there are people there that they can talk to. Um, and it's definitely just, especially if you're in the convention scene, I highly recommend looking at takethis.org. Just go to takethis.org um, and That's they're, very cool. they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and I can't tell you how many times um, that I myself, and I'm sure Brian too, we've run into people that were having some sort of anxiety attack or a panic attack or something um, of that nature just because of whatever we're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, actually, that that same event, that same year in 2018, uh, there was, they had a panel of uh, voice actors that were up on stage. And one of the guests actually went, I deal with suicidal thoughts a lot. And the voice actors in the panel during the QA had to address that to the entire crowd. Wow, uh, that's awesome. And uh, I, I got to see it. I was unfortunately detained at the time but the uh i got to see the video of of it and it was i i have to give props to the the voice actors that were there because they handled it majestically Uh, yeah some of the voice actors that were there that that year were are they were and are um really big advocates of mental health and um of getting help and making it a lot more accessible Mm -hmm. And you were saying about um, people being afraid to speak out. I have definitely been there where on the outside, I seemed completely normal. You know, I'm going to work, I'm taking care of my kid, I'm doing all the things that I do. But on the inside, I was just falling apart. Mm. And I have this fear that if I ever have to go into inpatient, they'll take my child from me. And so it just, every time I start to get really ill and things start to get really bad, it's like this constant stress that, oh my gosh, they're going to find out and I'm going to have to go into inpatient and they're going to take, take her from me. So that's, um, that's a real thing. I, I do have to say though, since I started speaking out, 
I feel like I own it now in a way that I never did before. And so those fears aren't as intense as they used to be because I know that I'm getting help and I know that I'm working hard. And so really, what can you fault me for? You know, right. Yeah, uh, that I mean, that's definitely one of the things that personally works really well for me. And it, it's something that I've, I learned for me personally was um, if I don't, if I'm not able to openly talk about what I go through and what I am able to, what I, what I have going on in my brain all of the time, if I can't go up to people and be able to discuss it and just openly talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, I am giving it power in a way that it doesn't need. Right. Uh, right. And so I, I for years have been very open to the point where people have asked me to shut up uh, <laughs> about uh, just what, what I, what I have dealt with and what I go through. Um, at, at the organization I work for currently, uh, we actually were talking about mental health as we get ready to go back into uh, not work from home in the next hopefully few months. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we, we were talking about, and I, I went, look, if, if you guys need me to, I will happily talk about what I deal with when I'm super depressed. I will happily deal with uh, what happens when I have these overwhelming desires to end my life. Uh, and, and just what, what I, what happened. And also on the flip side, what happens when I'm in a good place and what Mm -hmm. could make me not be in a good place anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, I have spent a lot of time also recognizing the symptoms that I know I go through Mm -hmm. as well as the, the triggers and, and just so that even if I'm not consciously aware, because all of a sudden I'm seeing the symptoms happening, I can go, Oh, Mm-hmm. well crap <laughs> hold up yeah this how is long never, uh, how long have you had your diagnosis uh my official diagnosis was in 2011 when i was put in the inpatient facility okay okay uh, and- so i i just found out in 2020 and um i had a really bad episode in like november of last year and it was the first time since I found out and had done all this research and learned about my brain um, that I could identify what was happening to me as it was happening. And it was, um, it was really powerful. Yeah. We've talked about that before that um, there's an old adage that if you know the demon's name, right. You get, you get power over it. And that is entirely true in mental health. Right. I don't know that that's an old adage. I think that's a storyline from Supernatural. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm here for that too. No, she's Let me just, just tell you. Oh my <laughs> goodness. We are both Team Jensen. So Heck Jensen, yes. if you're listening, we love you <laughs> so much, so so uh, much. And uh, um, there there are a lot of other other things too. One one of the big thing, and, and this is for me personally, and it's something that as a therapist, I, I was very adamant about with my clients. Uh, and um, word choice in phrasing is huge. Yes. My therapist is always on yeah. me about this. <laughs> uh, so much so that like th- th- this is the example I give them, especially because I have I've had cl- I've had clients in the past that would do this all of the time. In fact, I'm not going to call anyone out in this conversation today, but at least one of you has done this uh, while we've had conversations via Facebook Messenger. Uh, 
switching out the word am with have. How do you so, mean? I am, it, it is not I am depressed. It is I have depression. Okay. I, oh, okay. I am not suicidal. I have suicidal thoughts and desires. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. I am not neurodivergent. I have neurodivergency. And this and what, is a, a big debate in the neurodivergent community because there is a big split between I am ADHD and I have ADHD yes. and the same with autism as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and the reason why uh, I like the word have over am is if you say I am this, you are defining your identity. Uh, by saying that I have this, you're saying that it is part of your identity, but it does not make up my whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a really good perspective. I think the, the argument in the neurodivergent community is that um, with ADHD and autism, it's more of a neurotype. That's mm. their argument is that it's a neurotype. So it literally is who you are. But <laughs> so that's the argument that they have there. I mean- I have some really good friends who are very like uh, I, I uh, the autism spectrum mm -hmm. is is something that I've actually had a passion for for years. Yeah, and that was definitely it is one of, so interesting. One of the things with clients that I've had uh, that that were on that spectrum, being able to go, you know, just just because you say having them go, I have autism versus mm -hmm. I am autistic, mm -hmm. gives mm -hmm. them hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. In, oh, in yeah. Ways that I, I was not expecting just just the word choice alone, uh, because of the way that their brains work, being able to to identify separately. Uh, it 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 was really cool to see several of those clients just within a couple of weeks make huge changes because they were able to go. I, I, I am a person and I can mm -hmm. make a difference and I can do things. And just because I have autism doesn't mean that I can't do things. Right. Uh, right. And I think some of that comes from the world teaching them that having autism is bad, but it's not. Right. Uh, right. Right. My sister loves to fall back to the left-handed versus right-handed uh, idea because it's fairly new. And when she was in school as a lefty, I think she was at the very end of where they tried to train you into right-handing. Oh. Goodness. And um, she said that it doesn't matter. She's still left-handed. <laughs> so I think it's similar in that regard. Yeah. But I can see the, I can see the debate. I don't want to yeah. weigh in. I don't okay. have enough information to weigh in, but um, I can see the debate. I, I do not have any of those uh, diagnoses, so I don't think that I should have an opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, about word choice, mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about... Ter the terms mental health and mental illness my therapist hates that she hates the word mental and so she's constantly trying to get me to switch to brain health and brain disorders mm. that type of language I um, do love to say brain doc and she would have an absolute heart attack over Doreen because Doreen constantly uses crazy and my therapist would just die <laughs> I mean, I think you guys all know that I use it affectionately. And um, yeah. Oh, I yeah. personally, I am nutty like yeah. candy bar. And it is I, the joy of my life. I always interesting. Go ahead. I was going to say, if Doreen calls you crazy, it's a compliment. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. And I feel um, like it's a situation where 
I can call myself crazy and other crazy people can call me crazy, but other people cannot call me crazy right. and be offended. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I also think it, it depends on like, at, like with Doreen and his example, what they, what their heart is saying when they right. call you crazy. Right. What I the think intention is. Uh, and yes, yeah. the intention, the, the, uh, as far as with me, I, I don't like using the word mental disorders or mental health. Um, even when talking about my own, uh, I'm going to use the word mental disorders. Or mental <laughs> <Yeah>. health. Um, <laughs> I, I always like, and I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I work very hard to differentiate my suicidal thoughts and my depressed thoughts from who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so much so that, uh, I'll, I'll look at people and go, my brain just really hates me today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we both do that as well. Yeah. I, uh, I look at my brain as a separate entity sometime. Like, I mean, it, sometimes it is. And I um, talk to it. I will yell and scream at my brain, which is probably my OCD. I is, cannot, but... There's a, there is a book, um, about, uh, th- th- that was written it was about a female who um, she dealt with eating disorders and she called her eating disorder ed oh gosh uh, like she gave it a name and a person and a personality uh, and i cannot remember the name of the title of this story uh, I, and- I was just telling doreen that um the last time i had my ocd was really bad um the intrusive thoughts have always come through in my own voice, but after I found out that um, that I had OCD and intrusive thoughts, they started sounding like someone else's voice, and for mm. some reason, it was Robert Carlyle from Once Upon a Time, um, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> that was the voice Ooh, in my head. That choice. was Yeah, I know, right? I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Way to go, your brain. I'm going to give props to your brain on that one. I uh, know, I know. It's like a, a delightfully wicked voice in my head that I could argue with and tell to yeah. shut up. It was it was pretty yeah. interesting. I, it scared me I, at first, but. Um, I've had clients who I will put like a stuffed animal in the chair across from the client and go, this is diagnosis mm-hmm. and, and talk to it. And they'd mm-hmm. be like, I've had clients who are like, what are you even talking about? And there are times where we've sat in the session for probably almost the whole time until finally they just start talking. And other times they just go right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I had a client who was just like, put the, put the rhino in the chair. I need to talk to the rhino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like walked in the room. I need to talk to the rhino right now. And I was like, all right, let's go. And that, like, I said almost nothing that entire session. And she, like, it was, uh, it was, it's it helpful. was really it's it really uh, is it it makes a big difference in being able to um to deal with them i say um a lot too just so you know i think in the last episode i edited 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 oh my gosh edited myself out saying um like i don't know 50 times so it was a lot (laughs) i get more onto myself because i took several speech classes and one of the things that we're taught is to not say um Mm -hmm. as you um do more recording though and especially in amber's case because she returns to the same language so often Mm -hmm. that as she gets more and more comfortable um will just naturally flow out of her language yeah so 
Yeah, I find that I do better when I'm not trying to go off of an outline. When I try to go off an outline, I um a lot. But yeah. if I just say, okay, we've got these topics we're going to go over. Let's start talking about them. I do a lot better. Yeah, I think the last Tea Time Tangent, we were, um, we just flew through it. It was yes, very. You'll have to come for a Tea Time Tangent. It's a lot of fun. We had a great time. We're starting with hairy, hairless guinea pigs next time. Yeah, hairless guinea pigs. I need to look up yeah. some hairless guinea pig facts. <laughs> They're adorable. They're very yeah, adorable. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we probably ought to wrap this up. We've had Brian for a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. But Brian, we, I think we could talk to you all day, so you definitely should come back. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm super happy to have been invited. I, I, uh, I, I feel very honored to be the first guest, I think is what you said earlier. I didn't yes, know you are. Until you said it earlier. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yes, you have uh, broken the mold. So thank you uh, for that. I'm yep. breaking your guys' yep. guest in genity. Yeah. I was really nervous today because I had this was new for me. So thank you for putting me at ease and making this easy. And as always, Brian, you are just like the nicest person in the world. So yes. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. Thanks. I, I was, again, I'm, I'm very honored to be here today. This has been a wonderful experience and uh, I like what you guys are, are doing. And I really hope that there are people out here hearing this and, and they are relating in a positive way. Yes. Uh, yeah. I hope so. I hope so, uh, I hope I mean, so too. Yeah. Um. And just to remind everybody, and I, again, should have brought this up at the top of the show, but I forgot. Um, I have been nominated for Blogger of the Year for the Mental Health Blog Awards. Yay, wow. Amber! Yes, you can vote for me. You can go to www.mhblogawards.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click on online voting. And I appreciate your vote, guys. She's so, on the very last page of votes too. So you'll have I to go am. through a few other people, but yeah. um, she's there third one down, Amber from the winter of my discontent. The whole ballot only takes 27 seconds to fill out. So that's, that's pretty true. Yeah. So um, super simple and yay. Hopefully we'll win this. We'll take this thing home. I really want you to have that giant trophy. Me too. That'd be <laughs> awesome. All right, Brian, thank you for being here. Doreen, as always, it's a pleasure. And you as well, my dear. Yes. Thanks, Brian. You rock. If you would like to support the winter of my discontent, you can find us on Buy Me a Coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash the winter blog. On Buy Me a Coffee, you can find never before published content, exclusive membership access, and you can book Zoom meetings with me. You can also support the show at anchor.fm slash the winter of my discontent. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey guys, this is Amber with the winter of my discontent. I'm here to remind you that the show has a voicemail and we would love to hear from you. You can find that voicemail at anchor.fm slash the winter of my discontent. Just click on the message button and it'll pop right up and let you leave us a message. We want to hear your comments, questions, suggestions, your experiences, um, leave us topics for our Tea Time Tangent episodes. Anything that you want, we want to hear it from you. So again, that is anchor.fm slash the winter of my discontent. Click on the message button.